Hey, Ronnie here. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about the Creator Kitchen. Whether you enjoy this episode or the entirety of Marketing Under the Influence or not, if you have an idea or a voice inside you screaming to get let out, and you would benefit from the support of talented, creative people across a broad spectrum of fields, people who will push you creatively like never before, I encourage you to apply to the Creator Kitchen. I'll pop a link in the show notes, or you can go to creatorkitchen.com wherever you browse your favorite websites. As for Jay, Melanie, and my fellow chefs, thank you. Marketing on the Influence wouldn't be what it is today without you. And now, let's get on with the show. Listening to marketing under the influence with Ronnie Higgins. I grew up, you know, an Asian in the South. I grew up with like a very overbearing mom. Story for therapy. Um, but it's like, uh, grew up in Martinsville, Virginia, which is, uh, the home of the oldest NASCAR track in the country. So just to give you a sense of the type of people I grew up with, um, grew up Southern Baptist, very religious for like all my years up until I was, until I left home. That's Annette Cardwell. Annette is the VP of brand and corporate marketing at Lattice, but where she works and why she's a brilliant marketer don't matter. Instead, I want you to picture a token Asian kid in rural Virginia with little to no access to the pop culture that weaves a hidden tapestry connecting us all. I did not have access to a ton of media. Like I didn't have access to a lot of music or movies or TV. Cause when I was really young, we had one, we had one TV in our house. It was very old. It got one station. And it was CBS, which is not even the good network. Like, I think I got hooked on Dukes of Hazard as a result of that. Just in like Dallas. I was too broke to go to the movies and my mom never wanted to take me because she didn't want to spend money on it. And music was like what was on the radio because we didn't, my mom was not, she didn't, she didn't value music at all. If you grew up with unfeathered access to media, it might be hard to fathom how this lack of exposure could have any measurable impact on somebody's quality of life. I know I couldn't, until I continue to hear Annette's story. I was in middle school, and I was trying very desperately to fit in to a school where everybody was white or black, and, um, I think around seventh, eighth grade is sort of like when it like sort of really hit home to me. Oh, the reason why they treat you differently is not because you're necessarily just poor or whatever it is. It's because you're not white. You're not black. You are like the only one. (laughs) And so I, I was like going through this crisis of identity for sure in that era where I was just trying to like 
figure out like how I was going to fit in. Okay, to understand this moment of revelation better, it helps to understand that Annette's mother was the product of her environment. She was a single mother born and raised in Japan, now living in rural Virginia, working in a factory, raising a child all on her own. With so much resting on her shoulders, it made sense for her to adopt their town and its predominantly white Christian community as her own. But it was this act that conditioned Annette to think of herself not as Asian, but white. And once this illusion shattered, Annette sought an opportunity to discover her true identity. I definitely remember when I was at computer camp, that's some shit, um, computer camp in seventh grade, there were like all these boys and nine girls at this computer camp. That's like, it like, it was like 300 people at this camp or something, and it was nine girls, and we all were in like one floor. And so I actually went away to computer camp and tried to create a persona. Like I said, my nickname was Anne, and it's like, oh, nobody's gonna know me. I'm just gonna go to computer camp and be another person. And of course, like it was like just a huge failure because everybody was calling me Anne and I didn't know who they were talking to. Like I was like not responding to anything that people were saying to me. But I remember one night we did a movie at this camp and it was Empire Strikes Back. All right, close your eyes and put yourself in Annette's shoes for a moment. You've spent your entire childhood feeling isolated. You don't look like anybody else and you sure as hell don't get the pop cultural references they're mentioning. Those things might as well be a foreign language. And suddenly you're witnessing 300 kids go from being mostly strangers, and it is computer camps so they have something in common, to being just seemingly best pals. Why? Because it's movie night at computer camp. And they're showing the most widely recognized and referenced media franchise in human history. And it's there, beneath the reenactments of lightsaber duels and prepubescent impressions of Yoda, the cheat code to building relationships that transcend geographical, cultural, and socioeconomic boundaries reveals itself to you. It was like kind of the eye-opening moment. And after I came back from that, I started to like notice how there were these common threads across lots and lots of people. And Star Wars is one, obviously, because like even in the town where I grew up, people were obsessed with Star Wars. And I remember Monty Python was one. Like we could quote Monty Python. And then like new wave music became one because there were so few of us. We thought it was like our own precious fucking thing, you know? Like, oh, nobody knows what the cure is. And and then, like, you leave your little corner of the world and you realize, oh, the entire globe knows who these people are. I remember I'd hang out with those people and we would just listen to records and tapes and, like, make mixtapes together of new wave music. And so I realized, like, I could make friends and gain commonality if I learned the media like so like i became really close friends with my best friend in high school because i got into pink floyd because she was into pink floyd and it's like 
I never like worked harder to learn something, right? Like that was like our thing. That was our bond. And like we had nothing else in common, but we could bond on that. Annette had discovered a force that surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds us together. And like Luke Skywalker, she learned to wield it just before starting high school, where pop cultural references are bona fide social currency exchanged for inclusion. And like, honestly, this is all translated into my life since, Ronnie. Like, even as a marketer, I understand building fans is like your number one way to gain audience and mind share and share a voice and all those things. Like if you have fans, if you have loyalists, they become your evangelists, they become your customer stories. It, it was just like so critical to me understanding that um, we all seek those common threads. We all seek those shared loves and experiences and like it just immediately makes you think oh that person gets me right like so like even today like when i'm talking to a freaking hr leader who loves lattice and they meet another hr leader that loves lattice they're just like oh we should talk we like because you see the world i with the way i see it and like star wars fans think that way trekkies think that way New Wave Cure fans think that way. Fans of Amorites think that way. And it's like, when you get into a fan community, it's the same, it's the same vibe. It's incredible. Like, oh, you get me. As marketers, we often approach content and media with a transactional mindset. We think of our content as a means to an end, whether it be a follower, a subscriber, a lead, or a customer. But out in the real world, Away from the marketing echo chamber, media predates the existence of our professions. As Annette's story reminds us, media plays a profound role in connecting us. It demonstrates that despite any differences in background, being part of a broader fandom can create a sense of belonging and community. Our shared taste and interests become the lattice work for navigating ambiguity and act as a shortcut to understanding one another. That's a wrap for the first edition of Marketing Under the Influence. Again, I cannot thank you enough for being here and trusting me with your attention. I hope you'll find a way to support this series. No matter what, make sure to tune in next week to find out how the media available at the time made one marketer unsure about their sexuality. Maybe I'm not as strong.